Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What I would do is I would read it and go, oh, I know that now. So that's not going to happen mm. to me. Like people were saying, now the first Christmas is going to be hard. And I was like, but you see, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got to so it won't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you oh. know, you're on the ground of Brian Thomas on the yeah, 20th yeah. of December. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Grief Encounters with me, Sasha Hamrog. And I'm Venetia Quick. We're a weekly podcast that looks at an issue that affects us all and yet remains so difficult to talk about. We'll be chatting to guests from all walks of life on the subject of death and all that comes with it. Our main aim is to motivate, comfort and create a modern space for people to share their own experiences. Could you think of someone that could benefit in listening? Tell them about Grief Encounters out every single Tuesday. On this week's podcast, we talk to comedian Grode Farrelly. Grode was brilliant because he is real proof how much we need humour to cope with our grief. Mm. Um, His friend Anne, who I actually also knew not very well, but I knew she was a friend of a close friend of mine, passed away in February 2018, just literally a week after Martin passed away. Mm. So it's quite poignant, I think, for me. Yeah. And he and his partner were her next door neighbours. And he goes into beautiful detail about how he cared for her Mm. and their little sort of almost eccentric Mm. coexistence they had, but really, really close. Yeah. As two people who only met each other because they bought apartments beside each other and became neighbours. I was struck, I have to say, struck by how much he loved her and Mm. how important she was to him. It actually really, it really got me. Um the amount of empathy he had, the amount of detailed, tiny little things that he cared so much about making sure her comfort. You know, it just, I thought it was a really beautiful interview. It's, mm. it, he, of course, it's funny and thank God it's funny, you know, because we all need that. And that's something we talk about, that release of humor and those kind of moments where we all just kind of start to laugh and we don't know why and we can't stop. But it's also really beautiful. And like you said, there's like a real kind of storytelling element to it mm-hmm. where you can imagine their lives and the, the doors across from each other and leaving dinner at the front door for each other. It just, you know, he's a, he's a really beautiful person and, um, the way he describes his friend is is really special. Mm, and I think especially seeing the job he does yep. to have to go on. And I suppose sometimes it's a little bit similar, except I don't just make people laugh. But it might, you know, sometimes you might be having a bad morning. Yeah. But you still have to go on air and be Yay! on. Yeah. You know, it's like a switch yeah. and you have to switch on. But he has to do it. I can hide behind a microphone. He has to do it live yeah. in front of other people. So there's no way of just going, I can't do this. I don't yeah. want to do this. I'm not up for this today. And I don't really like using the word inspirational. It's not mm. a word I particularly like. But in this case, I think 
he's just he he teaches you that life you have to push on mm. I think mm. uh, on the day to day and even the fact that he was working at home and the loneliness that can go with that mm. especially when you're grieving and you're sort of in this space where you're sort of going okay I'm on my own here yeah. the tears could come and yeah. you sort of it's. I, I just found that really sort of, I just found he's very brave. Actually. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think talking about home, this was the one thing that I'm so glad came up was we talked for the first time about your space that you live in and mm. then someone and coming back to that space after someone Which has died. It's very difficult. Yeah. And it's, it's very difficult to live in, in that, that space. space. And all the reminders and all the little yeah. things. So, yeah, it was brilliant talking to him. The range of emotions that are prevalent during a passage of grief are vast, and often humor can offer a lot of relief for someone who's struggling with the loss of a loved one. This week's guest is the incredibly talented Irish comedian Gerard Farley, who's here to talk about the complexities of trying to make others laugh while he was going through a bereavement of his own. Thank you so much for joining us. This is mm. something that, that Venetia and I, who have shared a lot of laughs together over the course of this, feel really passionate about, that like, it's not all it's very important to have that moment of release and relief and there's a lot of laughter that comes with all of it yeah, yeah. absolutely and yeah. It, but it's but it's a complicated thing yeah, yeah I mean it, it's a very complicated thing I think um, to be honest I didn't really understand my job until like the past two years because I've been a stand-up comedian now for 12 years um, and I went full-time four years ago and it was really weird because my, my the thing that always went through my head with regard to you know earning a living from comedy was what happens when the time comes that you are where you just don't feel like you're, you're just like I, I, I can't make people laugh yeah. because and it could be anything you know yeah. you're broke you're you yeah. know some, just something happens and really quickly I suppose two year maybe 18 months into that uh, I suppose one of my really good friends mm. uh, was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer and died within, mm. within a year um, and it was like I had the, the routine that I've always had was uh, with comedy was you write an hour a year, you know, whether you tour it or not, it could be an hour muck. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like you'll try it out, but no, 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 we'll put that back under the bed. Um, so I, I was writing all the time and I couldn't really afford financially to deviate from the routine mm. of like, I'm a road comic. I'm not a comedy superstar. <laughs> so it's like, you know, if I if I don't do X amount of gigs a month, I... Yeah. You don't eat. I don't live, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so everything from a job point of view had to stay the same, but obviously home was just really... Hell. Yeah. It's hell, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. the bizarrest thing. And yeah. also to be at home the whole time. You know, oh, yeah. because I, 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 I don't the water cooler, yeah. I don't the seven hours yeah. where you're just like somebody or having to pretend. Yeah. To like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so much of that I think is so important mm. because whether you're pretending or whether that's actually the way you're feeling, you're you have to show up. You're, you know, mm. people are smiling back, and you're yeah. you know. And um, so for me to be uh, stuck in the spare room. Mm-hmm. trying to write jokes when mm. you know my, my, you know uh, my friend uh, Anne-Marie she lived for, her door was four foot from mine oh. you know so it was so yeah. such an impact on your day to day life I imagine because this is a person who if they live that close to you they're yeah, part completely. of your life yeah and I mean for me uh, it's only lately I've started to realise that she was a member of the household mm. because when I first moved in there which would have been about 10 years ago um, I like I would consider myself quite shy like I, I, I tend not to make friends very easily like which 
you know, I know people go, oh, well, that's just the grumpy comedian. <laughs> you're fun on stage, but you're a nightmare off stage. Yeah. And I, I, I was very, I, I hold back quite a bit. Like, um, and when I moved in there, there's only four apartments on my floor. And Anne-Marie moved in about a week after me and she would knock on the door quite regularly mm. saying, you know, like, can I borrow a cup of sugar? And I'm yeah. like, it feels like a Tesco's downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. And then it was only maybe the third or fourth time that she called in on one of these visits that I never really saw the point of. I was like, I don't understand what this is. I'm watching CSI. Like, mm. uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, she said, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm going to be living here for the rest of my life. So I think, I think it's important that we're friends. Yeah. And I, uh, that was just like a light bulb for me because I was like, that is... Had that never crossed your mind? Well, I mean, it had in a way that like, oh, we, you know, you yeah, should yeah, make yeah. friends with the people you see. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, you know, you know, yeah. don't want to be just a... You know, I'd always lived with people and then all of a sudden yeah. I was in my own space. Yeah. Um, and then, because we were, were so, we were so different. Like, I mean, we never socialised together. Okay. It was just literally we would have coffees three or four times a week in each other's apartment. Mm. We'd have mm. pancakes at the weekend, that sort of stuff. Um, so it was kind of like a brother-sister thing, I think. Um, and we, just from that moment, the whole, it just clicked. Mm. And it just became things like, you know, she would leave, you know, we both lived on our own, so if we were making dinner, you know, there was like a Tupperware on your doorstep or she went for a walk on the beach to be a shell. Or, you know, just... Yeah. That sounds like a real thing. looking after each other relationship. Like, yeah. Yeah, there for each other. Yeah, completely. And she was one of those people that wasn't intrusive by in any by any stretch of the imagination. Like, if you went to her with a problem, you could talk about the problem for 10 minutes and she, she would just go, yeah, that's awful, but you'll be grand, you'll be fine. And you would have to ask, what do you think I should do? Mm. And then you would get amazing advice. Mm. But mm. she would never just... Insert her. In, insert herself in. Like, yeah. She was just... Yeah, I mean, she was amazing. And I think for me, uh, I, like, I'm not from a long line of entertainers. <laughs> I'm from a long line of civil servants. Like. Um, so when the notion even crossed my mind of, of actually quitting my full-time job to go a comedy, there was nobody, I, I think, in my life that would say, oh, go do it. But, you know, she was a milliner. She just made handbags and hats in her spare room. She was very you know, lived by the seat of her pants, like, and she was just like, oh, it'll be fine. Like, I mean, mm. you know, whereas I was... Do you miss that? Do you miss that constant in your life of reassurance? Completely. And somebody that when, because it sounds very much as when something happened, she was the first person you went to, whether it was good or bad, or yeah. good news, bad news. Yeah, completely, because that is the real cliche of not knowing what you have that's gone. Yeah. I think because uh, what happens is every situation, I think, in your life you you operate in it with knowing that that guidance is there if you want it. Mm. So, I mean, even my, like my partner, you know, if, if we were having a row or just, to, you know, like uh, we would meet her on the lawn and like, oh, I'm sorry to God, I'm going to go in there and kill him if he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> if he yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, or, you know, yeah, yeah. and he, he would be exactly the same. Yeah. It's like a road's writing joke, so we're yeah, all a bit stressed, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, there's just something missing. It feels like it's a wall gone, mm. you know, and it's been a year of that so I think there is something that does happen at the year the one yeah. thing where you realise okay this is actually it's this reality is, this is permanent now like, yeah. yeah and are you finding that yeah I, I think what happens with the first year is that you gotta sense very bleak but I think you have pain masking mm. the emptiness yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. like because you have yeah. so it's much blur. sadness yeah. like it's just, it's just yeah. you're just like I can't believe that mm. this is and, and I think it's the small things now I think that when you hit the year mark that you you know um, 
now I've started to realise there's going to be somebody else living there actually. Yeah, oh, of course. You know, okay, and that's, yeah. start, that's just started to come in. You know, yeah, because okay. it, it was weird because like one of the things I realised when after she died was I think I've one photograph of her oh. and I'm not in any photograph mm. with her. And I was like, how, how did that happen? Like, yeah, the photograph thing is huge. It's, yeah. I, I mean, I was horrified by that. Mm. But then, like, the more I thought about it, I was like, well, any, like a lot of the time I would have saw her, I was in my pajamas. Yeah, it was those, they, yeah, those real like, moments yeah. that you don't take photographs. You don't take photographs. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, so I think there's a reality that's starting to kick in now. That's very different to what, yeah. to what I thought it would be. Do you find then that harder than that you have to sit there, write jokes and then get yourself psyched up to go on stage? When you just might have to, ugh. Um, that, to be honest, that was more during the illness. Yeah. During her illness, because the last year, because I think I had a perception of comedy that it was something that I was good at if I was in the right mood. Mm. And if I was writing jokes, I would, you know, if I was writing stuff, if I was having a writing day, I'd go, okay, well, I'll have three cups of coffee in the morning and I'll be really, you know, hepped up and I'll watch one of my favourite comedians and then I'll get started. Mm. Um, whereas I just didn't trust the muscle and the experience that I'd had mm. I, I just I just put no stock in that whatsoever and it was only when she was sick uh, and I was on tour for the for the worst part of it I was supporting Neil Delamere on tour and so I, I mean I was locked into something so and I had about five months of that about four shows a week so I was coming from I suppose very heavy situations you know in the last few weeks of her life and then just going on stage in Port Leash and mm. and there, times when I'd be so upset driving there and then you'd hear people filing in and you're like, there's like 400 people in that room. How am I going to just mm. do this? <laughs> like, mm. um, but then you, you just go on and the show works. I have enough experience to be able to do it. You don't feel like you want to do it. You don't feel like you want to be there. But the thing just happens and you do it. Mm. Um, so that surprised yeah. me that I was actually able to do that. And I suppose it's like any job. Yeah, you know, but that maybe the, is your water cooler moment that you don't adapt yeah, to work yeah. and... Yeah, you know, but that's and, and your escapism. I, I suppose it's your it's that sense of mindfulness as well. Yeah. You know that like you don't you, you don't have time to think of anything else. Yeah. It's just like it's a half an hour on stage where you're like I can't think of anything else, no matter what's mm. going on. You have to do this job, um, and I suppose there's a bit of a relief in that. A lot of my favorite comedians, a lot of the world's favorite comedians, do have a story and a dark story that is yeah. in, it's it, and after there's kind of the pre the thing happening and the post the thing happening. And you can yeah, feel their yeah. comedy change because. It's about the human experience. Yeah, yeah. Right? So every yeah. comedic moment in greatness is got to relate. And people in that audience have lost people. Yeah. Um, do you feel like your comedy has changed? Yeah, I'm very fearful of that, actually. Okay. Because it's interesting what happened last year was because I, I do my own tour for three months in the autumn. Um, and last year, well, I, I write all the time. Mm. So, you know, every week I write you know, 10 minutes or something that just goes in a box and then when I need it for mm. a new material gig, I pull it all out and put it together. Um, so what I found was that the material I was writing through all that time, only in the past six months, I've gone to that and go, okay, this is the stuff now I need now. Mm. And I was going through it going, oh, it's all a bit bleak, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's a bit, yeah. a bit heavy. Mm. Um, but I, I, I tried it out and I tried, you know, because the, that's the thing about losing somebody, you know, every single person in the world, every human relationship somebody dies first like yeah. that's just the way it yeah. works so it's not like people haven't experienced yeah. it so I mean I tried it out in clubs and in clubs and I am um, I sorry just spit all over the microphone <laughs> <laughs> see we needed that yeah, yeah, sorry yeah. about that now <laughs> um, but I did I tried it out in clubs and it all worked and it was all very funny but for me 
there was something where I thought, I am actually not taking the show in in Toronto. This is just not the time or the place. It just wasn't where I wanted to go with it. So what I did for the tour last year was I took the previous year's show and I just brought it to loads of new places. Oh, okay. So just places I hadn't been. Yeah. So I got a tour out of it. And it was the right thing to do, actually, because mm. now it means this year's tour can be bigger. Yeah. But there's definitely a fear around, you know, just some of the... I mean, it's, I suppose it's when you're in something for a year, you, you start to notice the bizarre patterns of stuff. Yeah. You know, like one of the bizarre things that I had to do was um, I had to ring up to get her broadband reinstated about maybe two or three weeks before she died because there was just some problem with the, the direct mm. debit or something. And... Uh, just actually trying to get through to the person. Oh, I know. They're like, yeah, can you put yeah. can you put her on the line? Yeah. It's like you're no. not the account holder. Well, you're not the. And you're yeah. like, oh, good God, oh my. <laughs> I but know it, that too and well. Then, it's just <laughs> <laughs> the bins. Can I please get someone to collect my bins? No, you're not the, the account, account holder. Can I give like, you some money? Yes. Well, yeah, how much yeah. do I need to give you? Uh, we can't tell you that. You're not the account holder. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like it is ridiculous. Um, so yeah, but there's just there is so much humor in that stuff, mm. and there is so much yes, humor in the actual ridiculousness of of hospitals and, oh, and all totally, of that stuff yeah. and there's just no privacy and oh, there's yeah. no dignity and yeah. there's the bizarre decisions taken yeah. like we will put you in a ward with all of the other people that have what you have and, yeah. and they're all much worse than you so you get three weeks of looking where you're headed <laughs> you know yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. That, know. oh that doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> well it's yeah. so surreal um, right you're not in any way an environment that you're used to so everything just becomes like bizarre yeah and it's bizarre and your norm is pretty yeah grim yeah. um, and even the funny moments are awful I know like the, yeah. oh god almighty like things like just getting somebody in and out of a car and you know all of that sort of stuff and people yeah. beep and you're and then or not realising you can use the handicap space oh because yeah, you're like, the person it's is just like, ridiculous yeah, things yeah, yeah. you know um, but I think you know sometimes I think it's sort of you get a laugh I think the patient gets a laugh they need it sure. oh, you know, yeah, they need that, that as well I mean you know, there's yeah. certainly you find humor and stuff. And I know in the we've talked a little bit about this um, with the funeral episode yeah. we did that there were some very funny moments for me when I was planning Martin's funeral yeah. that he would have absolutely been pissing yeah. himself laughing. And that's about, such a comfort to know it, that it he was would. brilliant because yeah. my best friend was just like, oh, he's, he's like, loving, this. Yeah. loving this. But at the same time, of course, then there's yeah. huge sadness because he can't. Of course. He's just it. going. They're not here. They can't see it. Yeah, but. and and it's so. There's so many things you just mm. want to. I mean, still my go-to thing is to tell her things. Yeah, you know, and obviously the way things are, even going home is is so weird because it's the like a drive thing. in, there's yeah. a car, yeah. Dri- yeah. get up in the elevator, there's the, like flowers beside her door or something. You know, yeah. and you're like, God Almighty, that's, this is. That's something I wanted to ask you. Is that actually hasn't come up for us yet. It's not something that I've experienced because both my parents were not living in a home that I ever lived mm. in when they died. So there was no family home or anything like that. So when they died, the place that they were living was quite easy for me to just kind of like, I didn't have to go back there mm. really. I just yeah, kind of like, yeah. it was like apartments that I wasn't really emotionally, like, emotionally attached, attached to. to. But so many people have to go back to a house or a, or a, yeah, a, yeah. a neighbor yeah. and they have to go through that. That's got to be like so hard. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for a safe haven to express how you feel, share articles, photos, and memories of your loved ones, join the Grief Encounters Facebook group, a place for support, compassion, and empathy for those grieving. Yeah, it's really weird. And what what happens is you you start to not see uh, the wood for the trees a little bit. Mm. Like, one of the things that I used to do was... uh, Almost every day, I would go in, open the windows, you know, uh, water her plant, like this this money plant that she had, tune her guitar, and that was like my. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, just it was just like the day morning day, thing, yeah. you know. And then it got to the point where I was actually, <laughs> I was starting to get really angry because I was like, every time I go in there, it's upsetting me, you know. And but it was there was this I didn't realize I couldn't do that. You know, you and I was, re- I was really, yeah. I was just really annoyed, and I was like, "That bloody plant! Like, I have to, like, it's mm. so upsetting." And why can't somebody else do this? And then mm. somebody said, "Why don't you bring the plant to your apartment?" And I had to, <laughs> like, it had genuinely never crossed my mind. Yeah. Like, mm. it had just, <laughs> what? I was yeah. like, oh my god, what is happening to you? <laughs> like, it literally had never crossed my mind. Yeah, that were you doing do it for her? Yeah, and I, and I, I know that she would have been I mean she left that plant with us when she would go away sometimes for summers and like we would give it back to her on the brink of death like, <laughs> like sorry the cat got yeah, it yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what that was mm. it, but it was just a thing of like this stupid ritual because I, I suppose I think perhaps sick, it was also because you wanted to be somewhere where she was yeah. and sort of censor and yeah and you and you feel I, I think for a while you feel that there's you know, there's still things there like mm. there's, you know, there's like smells and there's, you know, like her perfume's knocking around and just yeah, well, I mean, silly things. That's like you know? an impossible thing to put a, like so, yeah. this is her life, this is her home, this is the air she breathed and the bed she, and then all yeah. of a sudden you say like, okay, we're just going to close that up and that's like, it, it's a very yeah, hard thing weird. to just put a final... And I mean, to be honest with you, I, and God, everybody was against this. I was just like, I want to move like straight away yeah, I just want to rent similar. my place out yeah, and I yeah. want to, to yeah. you know rent somewhere else um, and yeah. you know and I think you know 
like every friend I had convinced me like that's yeah. not the thing to do mm. um, and bizarrely and I, 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 I took that on board and I, I really think that I should have trusted my instinct on that I, really I, I, yeah do I you do. feel now that perhaps you'd have been better moving then or would you consider yeah. moving now yeah because I had a similar thing where I was just like I just yeah you, know you, you just repel everything yeah like. I was actually looking at houses that I couldn't afford in a fit yeah, but just anything not to be in that space because I think um, which was ridiculous but it sort of it, it was pure escapism I know it's bizarre because I think in a situation where somebody's in the house I think that you probably should stay there because you've got to retain those mm. you've got to retain whatever that essence is mm. you know for a while and, and, and soak it up for a while but for me it was two separate apartments they were five foot from each other but whether I was there or not I think that wouldn't have changed anything yeah. you know I think had I gone it would have been somebody renting my place and we could have moved back when mm. and be the new people yeah. Like, yeah, you know, and I, I don't know whether that's necessarily the what, the right thing to do, and it's probably not the advice. But there is still a part of me that thinks, yeah, because I think I was steeping in it for a year. Yeah, uh, I think that first year because I was still working from home. But I think it's also because, well, exactly because you're working from home, and like it's the walking through the front door thing, or yeah. you know, and if it's you those were little things, it's the little things, and if you were living in such close proximity, you would have heard, I presume, her hall door go, or so yeah. you know, when she's coming in and out. And that's the stuff that I find really hard mm. now is that when you hear a click, you're like, oh, no, mm. it's not. You know, mm. you just your heart goes, it's like, oh, that's her. No, it's not. Mm. Yeah, you know, and it's all those things that you just learn, because even when she was sick, I was so conscious of sound in my yeah. apartment, and um, just things like we stop putting on the burglar alarm, you know, because. I thought, God, I wonder, oh. can she hear the beep of the burglar alarm? And if she's in bed, she goes, oh, yeah. they're, they're going out. Yeah. And, you know, just little things like that that you start to become really, really aware of. I remember yeah. somebody came over and that had filmed my show in Whelan's and they were just dropping over the, the footage. Yeah. And he's a really loud laugh. And I remember being like absolutely sweating. Oh. It's just like, I have to get him out of here. Because yeah. like if she hears laughter, mm. <laughs> you know. Because, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you just, mm. you start to obsess over all those stupid yeah. things. You sound like a really beautifully empathetic person. <laughs> really? No, really. Like, that's God. so empathetic because you cared so much about her. And just in those things that you're saying that you wouldn't even want her to hear those things. Do you feel like your empathy grew when you went through this with her? That you kind of, a part of you that, or was it always something that you... I, I think that I was compensating quite a bit. Because I think that it's one of those situations where you never feel like you're doing the right thing. Mm. You know, I mean, the... I for somebody that has to be measured about what they say in my job yeah. I found that I was saying the most stupid things to her <laughs> I go in in the evening and go so how are you yeah. Yeah. and it's like and this voice would just like Carol what are you <laughs> but <laughs> you know what's worse than a normal thing to say it's it's awful. Awful. Like, it's I like, think terrible. the hardest yeah. one is not necessarily people are always talking about how after someone dies they always yeah. say the wrong thing I actually think when someone's sick yeah. people don't like when they walk into a hospice room or a, 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 a yeah, hospital yeah. they say that like my sister Ridiculous. once walked into a hospital room. Somebody we didn't know that well, and she said, "Happy birthday to me." She said, "Happy birthday to me." And the guy was like, "It's your birthday." Oh, it wasn't her birthday. God. She got so nervous that "Happy birthday" was what came <laughs> that was out. looking out of her mouth. I can understand and that. Flipped out and said, "Sorry, Ashling, I'm for sharing this," but she. You know, yeah. she, and just and it was what came out of her mouth. The nerves were so big, yeah. and he said, "It's your birthday." And she just kept going with it, like it is my birthday. And it wasn't her birthday. It was just like yeah. Stri- so I think when people are sick, and that's like what you're saying, where people are really hard on themselves too, because the person's still there, and you're like, "I should be doing better. I should be yeah. saying the right." Yeah, thing. yeah. 
And you can. And also, I think you become so hyper aware of their situation that it doesn't do them any good, mm. to be honest. Mm. I mean, I had this really funny thing that happened, which was just it was so ridiculous looking back on it, where I used to... <laughs> one of the things I used to do was we used to bake things for each other, you know? So mm. I kept... Bacon stuff, and mm. I, I looked at this recipe for a healthy banana bread, right? And <laughs> for God's sake, like I made this, I'd say twice a week, and would like drop it in over to her mm. when she was doing the, the chemo. Yeah. So, and it was just one of the things she could eat. And I remember one morning, she just rang and said, oh, "Hi, how are you?" And she was a bit croaky, and she said, "You don't have any of that banana bread, do you?" And I was like, "Oh no, I don't." And I had, I had an insane day. I was hosting a thing that night, and I was doing loads of prep for it. And I was like, I'll, I'll make some tomorrow though and I'll, I'll bring it over, I'll, you know. And uh, then immediately my brain just went into this overdrive. It's like, what? why can't you just bake? Like, what yeah. is your problem? Do it just now. Just bake the damn banana <laughs> Tesco's bread. Tesco's downstairs. Like, yeah. Yeah. Believe me, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I went into this like, just self-flagellation of like, I'll, yeah, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. I went, got all the stuff, <laughs> made the banana bread, finished all my prep and then at about four o'clock in the evening, uh, <laughs> I went over and knocked on the door and uh, I, there was no answer. And I was like, what's going on? This is really weird. And I, was, and I started, I could feel like the doing? panic rise. Mm. And, and uh, I was, I started to ring and I was knocking on the door and I was like, I'll get my key, I'll go in. You know, I got the key and I was just opening the door and uh, I got a phone call from her. And I was like, hello? Are you? Mm. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm not there at the moment. So I was just feeling quite good. So I'm, uh, I'm actually went into the Shelburne to get a, a cup of coffee. <laughs> 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 and she just dropped the banana bread on the table and I was it's <laughs> just like good oh. god girl like yeah. you know like yeah, it was just such a reluctance mm. that just because but somebody such a is so well. oh, completely right. like, and it was just yeah. my you know stay in the bed mm. you know like just embracing the misery of the yeah. whole situation yeah. like <laughs> it was just it, it was so ridiculous mm. like it's nice that you're laughing about those things and I'm sure yeah. she yeah. would look back and be glad you know she'd be glad that you're laughing I think all of our loved ones Mm. you almost feel more connected to them when that laughter comes out of you that's like oh my god yes they would love this you know yeah Yeah. completely I I mean there are things that I do and think oh yeah oh she'd love that Mm. you know which which makes you laugh initially but then it makes you incredibly sad I know yeah Yeah. and it's that roller coaster that Mm. I think is so hard because you um, it's one of those things that not everyone's on the same page with it no, you but know, you can't like speak, you, possibly, and, and you yeah. can't even—it's so hard to even explain it. Yeah, mm. um, you know, even my other half, who was so close to her, um, like we—we we were really were a bit of a troika, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, there are even some things that hit you in a certain way that you can't even explain it. Mm. You know, even with the whole illness, like because of—I suppose because people have a different history, they have a different yeah. history with illness and with with death. Mm. So you're applying just different feelings to everything. Like he's a scientist. So he understands the science, the science of all yeah. things. Whereas I'm, you know, the person that would be like, "Well, I heard somebody went to Lourdes and they got it." Yeah. <laughs> that would be me. We're going to Lourdes. You know, it's like a, you know I'm like yeah. you're waiting for the miracle. Yeah. You know, every um, like one tub of powdered cumin every day. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You. Organic turmeric is supposed to really. Yeah, be yeah, 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 yeah. Or know, the heat. Just, the heat yes, will be very good. We're moving to Spain. And all of that plays into like it it all just trickles down to every experience as to how you feel about it. So it's such a bizarre thing. But I think that's maybe the optimist as opposed to the practical person that do you know that way? I think completely you know. It's completely what it is. And it's so I think it's so frustrating. Mm. 
you know, I, I think it must have been for so... For the practical person. For the practical yeah, person. They're like, person going, you know, eat the cumin. <laughs> yes, just like, come on here, yeah. get on board, you know. As partners, how did you find... Because when people go through grief together... That can be weird. Uh, yeah, it is. I, yeah, it's rare that I found people who are on the exact same page going through yeah. something like that. You know, they, there's usually it can. I mean, and it's great when it does when you have those moments of relating and being comforted by each other. But there's sometimes that it can actually be quite hard on a relationship. Completely, and um, I think particularly because we were on we were on very different pages with mm. it because he, you know, he's a very strong science background. He's a PhD, so he understood the science and he knew at certain levels what was happening you know at certain instances in their illness the way it was going to go whereas I was very much rejecting of that although he's lost a parent already Mm. so we've just different experiences Mm. of it Um, and for me I found I got very stuck in a way I think he processed it very the, the, the way you people process death <laughs> you know well adjusted well, people di- no everyone's <laughs> you know, yeah. Um whereas I found I was very stuck for I'd say four or five months where and I didn't understand I had this weird thing actually where I went to the chemist uh, because you know the, I suppose the feeling when you're crying you've got this like burn in your throat and I found I had that all, all the time. time it was just always there mm. so I found that my eyes were watering loads mm. like just really like mm. I was like what is going on here and I Again, another one of those things that you just do not draw the line. Uh, and I went into the chemist and I was like, my eyes keep watering. I don't know what's going on. Mm. And, and like, I know them in the chemist, <laughs> you know. And she was just like, oh, um, you could try this. You could yeah. try this. And she was like, so how are you since I'm married? <laughs> and then I went, oh, my God. Yeah, this, is this is actually yeah. like an emotional thing <laughs> as opposed to. I think what you're saying, mm. though, I mean, from my experience here, especially with the podcast, is that actually the position that you were in and being st- that being stuck and all that is way more common mm. than people being able to process healthily. Like, because mm. we don't really know. Yeah. Like, you know, so many people have come and said for years they couldn't move out of certain places or they found themselves in. You know, whether it be, you know, we, the, the stages of grief or whatever, they just seem to be complete bullshit. Like it doesn't like, like and I, some people are at different parts of it for years and months and it just goes, you know. And I, th- I think there's a real guilt around it as well. Mm. I mean, I think I think you feel really, really guilty because you become so selfish. Like I, I found that oh, grief yeah. makes you, it just, you're just so selfish. And it's like an unbearable trait in myself is that you, you become so, uh, it's like a fragility or something. You're like, oh, no, I don't, I won't be, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not. And then you just frustrate yourself so much. And that, I think, leads into you just putting the whole thing in a box and not actually processing it properly. It, yeah. Because, you know, get, just getting asked to do things or to go to things, and you're like, oh, I just can't. And mm. then you don't go and you're annoyed at yourself. You yeah, know? but do you find from the other side that if you go out, like, obviously, you like having a laugh and, yeah. you know, and sometimes, you know, you can yeah, you know, yeah, you can't yeah. switch off. Do you find afterwards that you'll go out, you'll have a laugh, you'll have a good time, then you go home, and reality hits because yeah. you walk past the door, or whatever? Do you feel ever guilty for going out and having a laugh? How do you deal with that? For me, no, I don't feel guilty about it. Actually, mm. that's that's one thing that ha- hasn't happened. But what uh, I feel annoyed at myself more. It's, it's it's more than guilt because what happens is I found that you get a glimpse of who you were mm. two mm. years ago or, you know, yeah. before all this happened. And you you forget. Yeah. You start to forget, like, and uh, then you come home and it all just hits you with a wallop. Mm. And you're like, why can I not get through process this? Mm. Like, what happened to me actually was um, almost within a few weeks of 
uh, the funeral. I, I started Sarah Millican's tour in the UK. Mm. So I was away for a week, a month. Um, so it's seven nights yeah. in, uh, in the UK. And what would happen is I would go over there. And by the time I got there and met, you know, yeah. tour manager, her, and we started to have a laugh. Yeah. And then yeah. seven days were just a great time. Yeah. And I didn't think too much about home at all. And uh, what would happen then is as I would come home, like literally when I would hit Manchester Airport, it would, start. it would all start. Yeah. And I have this I have this really weird <laughs> pet peeve. And one of the mm. things that I hate in the world is getting collected from an airport. Mm. I'm just like, do <laughs> not collect it. me. I, I just, <laughs> How it, embarrassing. it absolutely yeah, 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 yeah. boils my blood. Yeah. I go bananas because yeah. it's just becomes about them you know we're here and you find yeah, me and yeah, just yeah. have a flight and I was like no yeah. just let me get home but you feel under pressure to get your bag completely really and you're just like, like I'm parked here and can you get uh, there and um, I get caught in customs <laughs> yeah completely and what would happen is then I would uh, I would get to Dublin airport mm. and be an absolute mess just yeah. like I can't bear this yeah. and then the whole 747 home yeah actually it's interesting because a, a very close friend of myself Anne Martins was home last weekend and we were chatting on Thursday and we went for a drink and we were literally sitting in the pub and there were two friends of mine there that he didn't know and he came in as a surprise for me and it was all like, oh. you know. And then he just burst into tears. I know. And he just went, every time I land in Dublin, I put my hand in my pocket and I go and ring Martin and I can't. I know. And he said it happens every time. Mm. So I don't think that... It's 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 just all those learned things yeah. that you don't even realise, like that you have to, that you have to learn something else. Yeah. And it's just so... It's almost like giving so up smoking. You have to change your routine. Yeah. yeah. Go a different yeah. way. And you don't know what to replace that with. Yeah. It's really stressful. Yeah, and I think you just said something about that I, this is the first time I've ever thought about this, so thank you for bringing it up, but that the person you were before, you're never going to be that person ever again. So sometimes when I look at photos on Facebook or I'll be on Instagram and I'm like, who was that girl? Because I didn't. Yeah. All, it, you're like, how carefree. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. My God. Because like, you do when someone gets sick that you love, like, there's an insight into the universe that you just don't have before yeah. that. It's a whole, and yeah, it's sad it's to look back at that yeah. person a little bit. And now, obviously, it can enrich and you can grow and all those great things. But there's also a sadness for that person that used to be who didn't know all yeah. that stuff. Mm. I, I mean, I think like to, to give a bit of hope in it I think that you there a lot of the stuff that's written about it I, I found that what I would do is I would I would read it and go oh I know that now so that's not going to happen mm. to me like that's yeah, you know it's like, it. it was like <laughs> under, know the knowledge but don't apply it like, <laughs> at all <laughs> so I, I found like with you know the first Christmas people were saying now the first Christmas is going to be hard and I was like but you see I know that yeah <laughs> so I've got so protected so it won't be yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden oh. you know you're on the ground of Brand Thomas on the yeah, 20th yeah. of December yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, the and, and I wasn't doing that and one of the things they, they do say is like after the one year thing things change and you do get this little you get a glimmer of yourself back mm. and I have started to feel that That's good. like in that you I'm starting to see, remember the whole two years ago and you get these little flashes where you're that strong, confident person mm. <laughs> that you believe you were two years ago, but you probably weren't actually. Yeah. Probably <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah but probably you do, not. But, yeah. but it's like you've been on this, it's like I suppose your whole body and brain has been fighting wow. to get back there because it sees the, you know, like your body naturally yeah. tries to heal itself and it's almost like that after the year mark you start to win, you start to get a couple of wins. Um, 
which are great when they happen. Like, and confidence is such a huge part of that because your confidence. I look what you were saying too. I felt really like insecure because people would be asking mm. me to go for a drink and I'd be nervous about going or doing that thing. What you were talking about, where you were like becoming quite selfish and like I can't, I, I wouldn't be able for it. Yeah, and then your yeah, confidence isn't annoyed. built by that kind yeah. of a, you know that no. kind of thing. Victim, and it's not you know, but that is the natural thing where you, you might feel a little bit. Fragile and yeah. fragileness and confidence don't feel like yeah. they go hand in no. hand or something. <laughs> Completely. You know? And you want to go back to being a bit like, I can take it. I can handle this. Completely. And particularly with work as well, because I think people were, mm. you know, I, I think some of my friends would, would come to a gig and go, oh, yeah, yeah. He's fine. You're, mm. you're grand. Like. Mm. But, um, and then sometimes what happens is you get these big bursts of it that you completely misuse. Like, mm. I, I, I was getting kitchen tiles. And... <laughs> I was getting screwed over because, you know, I paid for them and the order wasn't in. And, and I just found myself. It was like, you know, when you, you wake up in the middle of something and I found myself absolutely annihilating the guy in the tile shop. Mm. And I was like, oh, oh, oh I'm back, I'm back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But no, I've done that, like, got really arsy. Which, yeah, which oh, actually yeah, yeah. isn't my... Yeah, that, that was not my go-to. All, yeah, it's, it's sort of like... I mean, mine would be very impressed. Yeah, I, <laughs> I like, couldn't believe it. You know, it. just <laughs> coming out with absolutely yeah. like arsy, stupid, like over the top, like that yeah. poor lady in the bin company that day. Like, yeah. well, in fairness, that was very yeah. close to the time. But even now still, is something really irritates me, like a taxi that sort of sat outside my house for four minutes a couple of weeks ago, even though I told him when my kids were sick, I was trying to find someone to mind them, it was seven o'clock in the morning, I'd be out in two seconds, they drove off. And literally with two doors down and I was ringing them and he wouldn't answer the phone. So, of course, I immediately went on Twitter <laughs> naming and shaming, got it retweeted by like 50 people. And like, I would never have done that. I know, I'd yeah. have said, yeah, but maybe like, you know, I wouldn't name and shame. Blah, yeah, blah. I know. It's just ridiculous. I didn't care. Yeah, you do. You, you know? have those moments where you're like, because actually I'm in the tile shop that day. Like your mom was like a burly fellow yeah. that sells tiles. Like, yeah. you know, don't cross me. And the guy behind me in the queue was like, oh, maybe I should just tease up another bit. <laughs> and in actual fact, they gave me someone else's order to get rid of me. Like, mm. I, was, I was so impressed. Yeah. But yeah. then when I went home, I was like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's also, that's do you not think you it's go. a case of, you know, one of the worst things that's happened to me, I don't care. I'm going to be yeah. like this if I want. And it's sort of not really the best way to be. No, not at all. <laughs> but um, no, but I know. think what happens is you are so when you get a little burst of something mm. and the anger is a really good one mm. because there's a bit of power in it yeah, yeah. Uh, when you get a little burst of something having felt helpless for so yeah. long you just literally grab it and, yeah. and follow it and it can be really effective sometimes in getting some shit sorted so I am <laughs> yeah, exactly. a lot today yeah. um, but getting some <laughs> stuff sorted <laughs> but like I remember somebody somebody said to me after my mom died that someone shook someone shook my husband's hand and said good luck but the tone was Good luck. Like, as in, like, she's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, right? At the funeral. They said, good luck. But uh, so in, I got, uh, like, I got and wrote an email that was, like, epic. I was, like, <laughs> good, titled good luck and just told them. And that poor person oh. probably just, just didn't know what to say. Well, it's probably like a happy birthday moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, and I wrote this email that, like, laid it all out for mm. years. And this is how, and, mm. you know, you think you're so great. Well, this has never happened to you. And. But I actually felt power. What you were saying now, yeah. I had to go. Obviously, I've had to apologize since then. Uh, yeah, because yeah. like it was a and attack on is, their, you know, that person's gun. <laughs> point proven. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They're both scared of me now. But like, <laughs> some the power you're talking about. Like, I'm not. I think it wouldn't be. It doesn't serve us to completely avoid it. It's good. No, no like, I, th I think it's. I think uh, it's good yeah. to to to. I think it's like big move, like big movements. Like you have to. It's a bit of a power grab. Like yeah. when it's there, grab it. Yeah. You know because. 
what you'll get from it is, is you'll go, oh, I can do that, actually. Yeah. I can go back to it. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of, actually, of funerals, I uh, in my last show, I had this, this routine about Adelia Smith book, One is Fun, mm-hmm. the, the cookery book for people that live alone. Yeah. And a woman in the audience came up to me afterwards and said that her aunt had given it to her mother at her father's funeral. Oh, Oh, <laughs> so people do horrific things at funerals, I know, but that is the and I thought she was messing, and, and she was like, "I can assure you, that's exactly that what is happened, and they the haven't funniest thing." thing. No, that, and yeah, she probably but thought but she was helping, but, but that is actually quite funny. Think she was like you look back at it and you just go, "Okay, that's oh actually quite funny." Oh my that's god, horrific. yeah. Uh, or even the people that turn up on funerals, like people that you might necessarily get on with the person is the first person that you see, and then yeah, and you just go, "They're very lucky if they don't get kind of like." the brunt of that anger. Those people that show up who are like yeah. clearly so they're very enemies. Brave. Very brave. Or very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it was pleasure. wonderful to, yeah. to chat with you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.